Hello everyone, welcome to the Joking Dolphin Gaming Podcast. I'm Mark and as always I'm joined by Matthew. Hello. And Nathan. Hey up. How are you, are you lads? Yeah. yeah. Good. <laughs> News. Okay, so we're going to have to return to our, our, our old friends again. Yet again, CD Projekt Red. Oh no. So, on the last episode, I mentioned they released some modding tools. Yeah. Cyberpunk, for all yeah. the hopes for their players, and then there was this thing where apparently it was the ability to hack into people's PCs by going through the modding facilities. Yeah. And I mentioned on that podcast that there was a chance that if this hadn't been discovered, uh, uh, CD Projekt Red's own servers could be hacked through this. But then, you know, they thought, oh, this was all fixed. thought, great. And then, on the very day that that pod dropped... It turns out they did get hacked by, uh, what was it called? Hello Kitty, I think they were called. Okay. Not the it's Japanese cat. No, no, no. No, apparently not. <laughs> uh, so I quote myself of the last episode, the last thing they need is something like Capcom. Well, it's happened. Um, it's not getting any better for them, is it? So they posted what the hacking group sent to them. Have you read this? I read it, yeah. It's basically it's, a text uh... document that the hacking group wrote. Yeah. Okay. This is what it says. Hello, CD Project Capitals and lots of exclamation marks. Your have been epically pawned. That's exactly how it's written. Your. Good English there. We have dumped full copies of the source codes from your perforce server for Cyberpunk 2077, Witcher 3, Gwent, and the unreleased version of Witcher 3. We have also dumped all of your documents relating to accounting, administration, legal, HR, investor relations, and more. Mm. Also, we have encrypted all of your servers, but we understand that you most likely recover these with backups. If we will not come to an agreement, then your source codes will be sold or leaked online, and your documents will be sent to our contacts in gaming journalism. Your public image will go down the (coughs) even more, and people will see how (coughs) your company functions. Investors will lose trust in your company and the stock will die even lower. You have 48 hours to contact us. Ooh, sounds interesting. Um, I like mean, an episode of CSI or something. In terms, <laughs> of, in terms of like the gaming source code leaks, that's not nearly as bad as the accounting and HR information, if that was to get out. Yeah. Well, CD Projekt, they put out a statement. Uh, so yesterday, we discovered that we have become a victim of a targeted cyber attack due to which some of our internal systems have been compromised. An unidentified actor gained unauthorised access to our internal network, collected certain data belonging to CD Projekt Capital Group, and left a ransom note, the content of which we released to the public. Although some devices in our network have been encrypted, our backups remain intact. We have already secured our IT infrastructure and begun storing the data. We will not give in to the demands nor negotiate with the actor, being aware that this is that this may eventually lead to the release of the compromised data. We are taking necessary steps to mitigate the consequences of such a release, in particular by approaching any parties that may be affected due to the breach. We are still investigating the incident. However, at this time, we can confirm that, to our best knowledge, the compromised systems did not contain any personal data of our players or users of our services. We have already approached the relevant authorities including law enforcement and the president of the Personal Data Protection Office, as well as IT forensic specialists, 
and we will closely cooperate with them in order to fully investigate this incident. Mm. Um, well, it's it's can it go? Can, can much else go wrong for CD Projekt? <laughs> well, I think in terms of mitigating what's happened, they've done about as much as they possibly could do. Mm. Um, I mean, and I'm glad they didn't give it yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to go on to say. It's good that they've not caved into this. But yeah, it just it seems like just bad bad thing after bad thing for CD Projekt Red at the minute. It just doesn't seem to be getting any better for them. I mean, to me, this is like the, the straw that broke the camel's back. It's just it's all been very funny and all that laughing at CD Projekt and all that for all the mishaps in Cyberpunk. But I think this is a step too far. Mate. It's just. I can't, I can't laugh at this. To be honest, I think it's, it's too much. I mean, yeah. you can at least laugh at I'm the message just... that they left. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just the bad spelling. You, you have been epically bombed. Are, are you doing okay, Mark? I had a couple of coughs in the middle of that statement. Just want to check it's not COVID <laughs> or anything. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's great, mate. It's great. All right. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm actually starting to feel sorry for them, which I never thought I would. Or is that just me? Um, <laughs> I mean, no, you can you, you can sympathise with them, can't you? Like just everything that's happened. Um, but the, the thing about this though is, it, is this is it's the developers' work that's been stolen. It's the actual developers. That's that's who it's affected. Mm-hmm. All the other stuff is about management making bad decisions and that kind of stuff. But this this is just stealing all their people's hard work and just throwing it around. I mean, if the source code does get leaked, maybe somebody will actually fix the game. Well, it's already been leaked. How? Uh, <laughs> well, it, it'd been auctioned off, hadn't it? I, I read somewhere yes. in, the, in the dark deeps of the web, uh, it went for some like $7 million or something like so that. So an underground wow. digital market. Well, mm-hmm. the start, I think the starter price was a million. And then they said if they were offered seven, they'd sell it immediately. I'd want more. Yeah. I mean, it's... Source code for a developer. I'd, I'd be I'd be wanting a hell of a lot more than seven million, but maybe that's just my greedy side of it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't think the hack was as worse as Capcom, but it's for at least the company's reputation is certainly a lot worse. Hmm. Yeah, because it was their patch that opened the door to it. So, do we do we know how they actually got their hands on the data? Like, was it through that specific mod, or do you they, think it might have been? They say it's not been mentioned how. We don't. Know. Not mentioned how. I don't think they'll ever say if it no, was. No, well, that they or won't, not. will it? Because otherwise, then other silly people will try it. What else could possibly happen to CD Projekt now? I mean, it'd be a real shame if they actually liquidated. Oh, that's that's the worst case scenario. Like with all the bad press, um, them having to refund all this money, they might not have a game studio at the end of the day. Because the only thing that I took from that that they're currently working on, bar the um, cyberpunk stuff, is mm. a new release for The Witcher. And you'd think they'd probably have more stuff in the pipeline, but it doesn't seem like they have. So where's the where's the money going to come from? Yeah. It's actually interesting, the unreleased version of The Witcher 3. I wonder what they actually meant by that. Mm. Like, is that a next-gen upgrade, or was it a version of The Witcher 3 that they ended up scrapping? Did they already announce that it was going to be an upgrade for Witcher? They, had. they might have done. I, think that was I wouldn't be surprised. I was saving playing it. 
thought yeah. it had already been announced. I'm not sure. What else could it possibly go on? The Switch um, Pro that's not been announced yet. <laughs> Smart Fridge. Um, Smart Fridge. <laughs> the Xbox. Or is it going to be like GTA Five and just continue through all the platforms? <laughs> yeah. Back was compatible to the Sega Mega Drive. To stay a little bit on topic, since you mentioned GTA Five, um, apparently during a an investor call. Take-Two had revealed that they sold over 140 million copies of GTA V since it was launched back in 2013, which is just just a few, just just a few. Um, What they also mentioned, which I was actually quite surprised about, is that in 2020, um, they sold more copies of GTA V than the initial launch year in 2013. Wow. So clearly GTA 5 is still massively popular and will never die. <laughs> That's it. We're never going to get GTA 6. GTA 5 is just going to keep marching on. Very much, yeah. But I think I think what I read as well is that they've now they've they've stopped selling GTA 5 separately. They they come with bundles now. So you know we like the shark cards you can use on mm. GTA Online. Apparently that's the only way you can buy GTA 5 now. Is at least with a some sort of shark con. So they're always going to push that online version rather than the single player. Pretty That's much. Only buy it with a shark card. Is that what gamers have become with that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd love to know how many of those copies are actually just one person bought like multiple copies. Because I, I bought it at least three times now. I've had it on Xbox 360 and then read it to PS4. Then I got it on Xbox One, and then I also have it on PC. I think I've had about five different iterations of it. Um, mm. So I'm also part of the problem. So I've got it. I had it for the PS3. That was the first system I played it on. Mm. Uh, Xbox 360, um, Xbox One, um, and then I've got it twice for the PS4. So. PS4. <laughs> yeah. I guess I've got it three times. PS3, PS4, then I bought it digitally on PS4. <laughs> so we're all terrible. We are all terrible. That's it, pretty much. But I did buy a shark card with it. That's a victory there. Yeah. Small <laughs> victories. Take them while you can. I, th- I think I bought a bundle, but when it was on sale. So I, I'm, I'm not too bad. <laughs> yeah, at least you didn't pay full price. So that's good. <laughs> uh, have you heard about the Terraria dev who's in a fight with Google at the moment? No. I've heard about it. I've not read into it much. So basically, uh, a guy called Andrew Spinks at Debbie Logic, developer Terraria, and he's put out a series of tweets to Google saying, At Google, my account has been disabled for over three weeks. I still have no idea why, and after using every resource I've had, I've had to get this resolved, you have done nothing but give me the runaround. My phone has lost access to thousands of dollars of apps on Google Play, I had just bought Lord of the Rings 4K and can't finish it. My Google Drive data is completely gone. I can't access my YouTube channel. The worst of all is losing access to my Gmail address of over 15 years. I absolutely have not done anything to violate your terms of service, so I can take this no other way than you deciding to burn this bridge. Consider it burned. Terraria for Google Stadia is cancelled. My company will no longer support any of your platforms moving forward. 
I will not be involved with a corporation that values their customers and partners so little. Doing business with you is a liability. Now, off the back of the Google Stadia news from the last episode, it's probably not something they need at the moment, is it? Oh, definitely <laughs> not. No, losing developers and games. A game as good as Terraria as well, it's a it's a great little platformer. Um, yeah, it just seems like another nail in the coffin for Stadia. You'd think they'd be bending over backwards to try and solve this, wouldn't they? Yeah, To definitely. try and keep someone on side. Seems strange that like all of his stuff have been disabled, and yet there's been no no word as to why from Google. Like yeah, yeah, they've not explained what the what like the if he's is. you know if he's done something, then you know let him know what he's done and try and resolve it. Don't just blank cut him off. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You, you're blanking a source of revenue that you know Terraria is absolutely popular. You know, the two D um, it's like a two D Minecraft kind of clone, but. It's, there's so much to it. It's, it's a brilliant little game, but yeah, it's just that's just weird. That's just a weird thing yeah, to happen. Because you'd you'd think that Google will have communicated if he did, has done something wrong, what he's done wrong, yeah. so he understands what's happened. He he just, must have like must have contacts with Google. Yeah, it's like none of us have because he works with them in a professional capacity. So yeah. you'd think there'd be some somebody could contact and find out what's going on. Well, um, Terraria is already on the Google Play Store, so you can already get it on, like, you know, your Android and and whatnot. So yeah, apparently that's not going to be affected, but it's just not going to stay. Well, it's not going to be updated either by Sandra. (laughs) Can't get access to his stuff. Google being Google yet again. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, I've got a little bit of news. So. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War is already one of the best-selling games in the US of all time. So it's um, slid into the top 20 best-selling games in US history. Is it warranted, do we think? Would we I call it? it? So I don't know. This was... That's I suppose I'm the only one who could give a... Is it, is it what, one of the top 20 games of all time, do you think? Of all time. Yeah. Of all time. <laughs> I don't know about all time, um, but I mean, this is the US. They do like their shooty, shooty, pow, pow uh, games. Um, I mean, if I, if I have to try and put it as like, it, how do I compare it to Call of Duty's? I think it's pretty good. Um, you know, Kempin's got a sort of story, multiplayer. Um, I know that there's a lot of argument over um, the skill-based matchmaking that seems to have slipped into recent Call of Duties nowadays. Um, a lot of pros who just want to have a relaxing game of Call of Duty can't because they're putting a the game of what they would say sweats. Um, <laughs> so there's a bit of negativity around the multiplayer. But, I mean, zomb- Zombies has always been excellent for me, um, pretty much for most Call of Duties. So I-, I can see how it's got there. I'd like to see how it compares to... I imagine about ten other Call of Duty's is in that list. Do we have a list of what's actually in the what games are in the top twenty for best selling in the US? Um, I've not got it in front of me now. Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Call of Duty. <laughs> Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Call of Duty Four, Modern Warfare, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Three. <laughs> that that will probably and there'll be a, a couple of Madden games in there as well. Yeah, that's true. 
<laughs> I imagine Minecraft's probably number one because it is the best-selling game in history. And it's sold over 200 million copies. Well, give it another 10 years and GTA 5 might be... Um... I say, yeah, it's GTA 5's <laughs> probably second, so... <laughs> yeah, interesting. Just a slightly segue into a bit of news that I have called you. So, for Black Ops Cold War and Warzone, um, Activision and Treyarch have shown off a couple of trailers for what's coming in in Season 2, um, which might be a bit confusing for Warzone, because I think Warzone's already had about five or six seasons itself with Modern Warfare, but then mm. with Cold War coming out, it's like resetting itself, so now we've gone back to Season 2. Um, so there's quite a few new things. Um, so there's going to be four new operators, which are essentially the characters that you can select to play as, depending on which side you're on. Because there's always two sides of fighting against each other. Things like NATO and the Russian one. <laughs> the Russian. <laughs> Whose name that is slipping from my mind. It's like War something, War or something. I'm sure it's not that. But um, so four new operators, two for two to each side. There's going to be six new weapons. So there is the Faro A6 assault rifle, LC10 SMG, Mache, which I know Nathan would probably love to use if he ever got Cold War. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the E Tool Trifold Shovel, which I think is something in World War Two. Yeah, I hate sounds, the shovel. Sounds like a weapon that was in World War Two. Uh, the R1 Shadowhunter crossbow and the ZRG 20mm sniper rifle. So, quite a bit of new guns that are coming to Season 2. Um, there's going to be four new maps. There's one that's called Apocalypse that's for 6v6 game modes. There is one that's called Golova, which is going to be a fire team map. So, fire team for people who don't play Cold War is um, it's almost like a mini war zone like there's about i think there's about like 10 teams of four players that essentially try and arm these bombs that are around the map but it's, it's quite a fairly sized map it's pretty it's pretty big um so that's quite fun uh the one that's called mansion which is for 2v2 and 3v3 and then a strike version of the miami map so basically just a smaller condensed version uh, of that for 6v6 as well. Um, two new game modes. So one that's called Gun Game. Um, so if you've ever played Gun Game, you essentially, everyone starts off with a pistol. You get killed, you upgrade to the next weapon, you carry on until... And then you end up on like a knife where you have to get like last kill with a knife and then you win, basically. Um, and then another one that's called Stockpile, which is, I think you, you kill an enemy, you pick up certain items... And then you have to go to a zone to collect those items. Um, so a bit like Kill Confirmed plus Hardpoint, if you can try and imagine those two game modes together. Um, a new score streak, which is the Death Machine minigun, um, which used Death to be... Machine. Yeah, no, it used to be in the original Black Ops, I think. It used to be a collectible in the Zombies game mode as well, which I think it's coming to as well. Four new prestige levels. So at the moment we're on, you can only go up to like seven, and then you, but you still keep on leveling up. But you just go up to like about a thousand or something. But now they'll end up adding more prestiges. I think the most prestiges you're gonna get in Cold War is thirteen, which is insane. For me personally, the best bit of news that was 
from season two is zombies is going to have a new game mode called outbreak which how they've described it is basically zombies but on like a fire team map but like quite a few stitched together so you're gonna run this like massive kind of open world map where you'll be doing all sorts of objectives while shooting down zombies basically um it's gonna be four player co-op so it's not any pvp or anything um you drive vehicles in it as well which was the first for zombies it, it looks insane and i'm absolutely forward to it so because <laughs> i love my zombies um and then one thing for warzone is they're gonna have a new what they call point of interest of this cargo ship that's coming into the south side of the map um apparently it's going to crash into the port at some point but it's got Things on the ship that are contaminated and could escape. So, Ooh. whether that means zombies comes to Warzone, or if, like someone said, what they could do is whatever this like substance is comes out, and any like players that have died in Warzone could get affected and turn into zombies. Could be an interesting way of doing it. A massive game of infected, is that what we're saying? <laughs> yeah. Battle Royale infected. It could be like that, yeah. It could, could be quite interesting, actually. Do that. Um, but also, I think there's quite a few nuke silos that are potentially becoming active. So a lot, lot of people have been trying to work out that um, Activision is going to introduce a new Battle Royale map to Warzone on its first anniversary, which I'm not sure when the actual version anniversary is sometime in march so could be interesting could see see what i do i mean warzone's still massively popular probably second only behind fortnite so anything that they do to keep it fresh and going is uh, is always a win-win for players so yeah that's uh, that's all i got from from season two of cold war well to round off on the call of duty chat mm-hmm. uh there's been a potential insight into what the next one might be but a guy called Victor Z, well, Victor Z, if you're British, um, uh, he's put out a tweet. Uh, apparently, he's like, he's leaked things in the past that apparently be very accurate. He's a reliable leaker, basically. Yes. And so he put out an image of, emoji of a hammer, so this is sledgehammer, and a picture of World War Two, And he's okay. insinuating that the next one will be going back to World War Two, which for me, I'm quite happy about mm. I, I love that. Okay, so a sequel to World War Two. So, well, uh, potentially they're thinking that this one might be set in the Pacific, the Pacific campaign, so involving Japan. Ah, that, kind of that could be interesting. So that's going back to the the days of Medal of Honor Rising Sun. Which, mm. Do you remember when? Do you remember when Medal of Honor used to be the premium first person shooter, and then everyone <laughs> just forgot about it? Yeah, it seems like oh. dying like two thousand three for me. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> They just came over that because oh, right, before, that, before, before that I never paid any attention to Call of Duty, mm. so they just went it flipped over. Then it never never flipped back again. I, I think I think Allied Assault was my favourite because there was two levels that I always enjoyed. The the beginning one where it was the the assault on Normandy Beach, which I think Medal of Honor did really well. 
and there was one where you could you disguise yourself as like a German soldier going through I think it was like a train station or something, having to pick up like documents or whatnot. And I was like, this is cool. This is different. You know, I don't have to just go all out, shooty shooty, kill the Nazis. There's no way to beat stealth always. No way to beat Slenderman. I think it's stuck in a lot of people's minds because it was around the time when um, Saving Private Ryan came out. Hmm. Oh, was that time? Yeah. So I think everyone was like feeling that they were recreating that. <laughs> I mean, I'd, if that's true, go back to World War Two in the Pacific. I'm down for that. Yeah, I, th- I think it'd be interesting to see how they do it because, yeah, you've got the the US versus Japan, um, but will they also incorporate um, Japan invading um, the Chinese mainland or another little side thing there potentially? So, but it depends when it starts. But I think it, yeah, it could be quite interesting. Pearl Harbor, would that be in it? Mm. Maybe. You know, I, I would like a Call of Duty game where you oh, actually God. play as, like, the opposite um, well, the bad guys. team. Yeah, just just to get, like, what was it like for them? Do you know what I mean? I was, ah, you're, you're thinking of um, those Quint Eastwood films, aren't you? He'd Letters from Iwo Jima, and I can't remember what the other one was called. He made two films, and he did one that was from the American side and one that was from the Japanese side. I'm going to say no, because I've not seen them. <laughs> well, that, that's the well, that's like, always. That's well, yeah, I, I've always kind of wanted that kind of. Do you know what I mean? Like, or even even just like just playing as just sort of like a, a regular Nazi soldier. What was it like for him? Mm. Kind of, did he? You know, what was his beliefs during having to fight for Hitler's Nazis? Do you know I mean, mean, I mean, the, the history books paint it as being black and white, but it's. It could be more of a grey situation, and yeah. it probably was. Like with your everyday soldier not really knowing 100% what they were fighting for, or they might have got a, a version of the truth that wasn't quite right. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. I think that'd be really interesting to see the other side of it rather than you just being the hero, kicking doors down, taking names, yeah, and getting it from the American point of view. Just to go back, Flags of Our Fathers was the American one, and Letter from Iwo Jima was the Japanese one. But anyway, yeah, if, if they turn that into some sort of game thing, I'll be down for that. Yeah, so uh, Microsoft um, recently announced its first event for 2021. Um, mm-hmm. So this is going to be running um, from the 23rd to the 24th of Feb, um, so in, in a few days' time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to start at 8.30 a.m. Uh, UTC time. And um, basically, um, it's all around um, AI and how it's incorporated into gaming. So it's more of like a developer showcase. Um, so Phil Spencer is going to be heading it up. And um, they're basically going to be headlining the technology uh, that goes into um, basically what AI goes into games and how you can use that AI um so i think it'd be good to watch i mean it is going to be literally two solid days of presentations um but it's like more understanding what the future of xbox is going to be and how they're going to work ai into the games that they're going to be bringing out in the future so i think it could be quite interesting to see what comes of it or it could be a really boring technical talk yeah it could be but i love boring technical talks so (laughs) we'll see this is a, an audience of one at least. <laughs> Speaking of conferences, uh, E3 
so the Entertainment Software Association has confirmed that the event will return this year following last year's cancellation. Uh, it, but it, it will be a digital event, potentially running from the 15th to the 17th of June. But they've not ruled out a physical event. Hmm. Well, you've got to think that at this stage, it might be a bit too soon for a physical event. But it's nice that they're not totally ruling that out. But I think I don't mind all the virtual stuff. I, I think it's it's okay. It works. Well, the thing is, when you think about it, it's just like to, to all of us anyway. It's always a digital event anyway. Mm. So, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So. <laughs> well, yeah. It's nothing much changed for us. So. Yeah. Yeah. I have to wonder, kind of seeing how kind of last year went. Do we have a need for E3 still? With mention. Yeah, I mean, developers so, already did their own virtual stuff and mm. were pretty good at it. Sony is, case in point. Yeah. Is E3 becoming irrelevant now? I, I, want, I hope not. I mean, it's, like, it's exciting. Yeah. Like, it's an yeah. exciting couple it's of days where games, everyone gets together and um, shows us what they've got coming like in the coming years and stuff. And it's just, um, for lack of a better word, just a really hype time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just like the time for gamers, isn't it? It's just, yeah. Yeah. It's just happy around that period. My my only my only argument for that would be that like sometimes some some games that are shown off at E three are clearly not ready to show yeah. off yet. Like oh, yeah. things get I, I remember, years in advanced. I mean, I think EA is quite famous for this, but I remember the the one where they were showing off. Uh, I think it was Battlefront or Star Wars Battlefront two, one of them, where it was just like it was like a tech video of like. This is the tech we use to, you know, recreate everything that's in Star Wars in our game, and it was literally like there was, there was no gameplay and there was no like uh, promotional video for it. And I was just mm-hmm. like, we didn't we didn't need to see this yet. Do you know what I mean? Like it didn't really get me hyped for Battlefront at that point. I was just like, I'd rather see gameplay or just yeah. just give A me something or books. something. Yeah, like, but yeah, sometimes it's even um, promotional trailers can be a bit like you're not really giving me any idea of what this game is like can you you do better at that (laughs) yeah well it's because it's not the game is it like a a trailer doesn't tell you much because it's not gameplay footage or teasers aren't they yeah yeah see this see see this thing from four years in the future yeah you're not gonna get to play it anytime soon case in point look look at it see this thing (laughs) yeah do you remember when cyberpunk was first shown off at e3 I remember that very first trailer with that woman with the weird claw things, and she was just on kneeling down the floor yeah. with rain, and somebody shot a bullet or something. I think police are like yeah. surrounding her or something like that. Yeah. I was just like, okay, cool, but what is this game? <laughs> and that would go on to be the greatest game of all time. <laughs> Watch this space. Give it a mm. year. We'll yeah, see. you never know. You never know. I'll pull it back. I hope so. Yeah. But I think it is nice each of the developers having their own little um, shows like throughout the year. Um, I, I really enjoyed the um, PlayStation yeah, no. one in I particular. Like I just, I like having that one time where everyone's just excited about to see what's happening. Where yeah. you just spread, spread each individual thing around. It's, it's not much of a sell. I mean, I guess you don't get the feeling, because obviously because of COVID, People aren't gathering together, so I'm guessing that's taken away some of the excitement. 
because you've not got the whooping and the hollering in the audience. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I kind of miss it. I hope it doesn't go away. But I can understand why people pull out and do their own things. Because mm. I guess it's not cheap either. Well, there's that, and I think some things get lost in all the um, noise. Yeah, because everyone's announcing like major things at the same time. Exactly, so, yeah. Yeah, I can understand it, but it just makes me a bit sad that we seem to be going away from us. Everyone's separated into their own thing. Mm. Right, shall we have the standard um, TV show chat? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, go on then. So, The Last of Us cast have been revealed. Mm. Oh, yes, yes. So, as Joel, it will be Pedro Pascal, who you may know from The Mandalorian. I do. And he was also in Game of Thrones as Oberyn Martell. I'm uh, fine with that choice. I think he'd be good. Yeah, I, I, I can see I can see why they've chosen because I think he has got that kind of range as an actor um, to be a Joel-esque character. Um, I think even just going off on The Mandalorian alone, he's, he's got that kind of... He knows how to build a, a pretty good kind of father-sibling mm. relationship in that show, so that that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I've, I've got no arguments over his selection. I think it'll be pretty good. Well, then it was also announced that Ellie will be played by Bella Ramsey, who played Leanna Mormont in Game of Thrones, so both Game of Thrones alumni. Mm-hmm. Um, the internet weren't particularly happy about this choice, in typical internet fashion. <laughs> yeah. All I can do is shit my head. I think people want the actors to look just like the people in the game. This is what I don't understand. It's just like, are we just forgetting about acting ability here? It's just like, oh, so, it looks like that person. Yeah. Choose them. Although saying that, they were clamoring for Caitlin Deva to play LA. For Joel, they were also clamoring for Nicolaj Costa Waldo. Yeah. So you, may, you may know as Jamie Lannister. Jamie Lannister. Just for everyone from Game of Thrones in the, in the series. Yeah, yeah, just get everyone that's from Game of Thrones. Uh, but I was, I was looking at the both of them, that what the internet was saying. I was like, actually, I could see them as other characters more. Nicolaj, I could see him more as Tommy. Hmm. And Caitlin Dever, yeah, if she bulked up a bit, I think she'd be a decent habit. Yeah. But it depends when this when this is set, doesn't it? So. Well, I imagine it's going to. So she probably wouldn't be in the first game. So. <laughs> or it could be in between the time skip, maybe. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. Maybe. Yeah. Some people just aren't happy, though. Are they They're like. No Some people. Else. Yeah, that's it. Some people You'll never can never be happy. Else. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I'm not outraged by it. I don't mind as long as they do a good job and portray the characters to the best of their ability and that's all I care about. If I they mean, tell as long as they tell a good story. I think they've got good track record, HBO haven't they? So, you know. Hmm. Sure it'll be fine. Yeah. It's not as if they don't know what they're doing. So, um, as you may know, we've had a Nintendo Direct recently. Um, because of this, um, we're going to give you a bonus episode um, just in regards to the Direct. Um, so that'll be coming soon on YouTube and all the best podcast clients. Uh, so Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Um, just search Joking Dolphin and uh, you'll be able to find it there. Um, 
yeah and um keep a look out on instagram um facebook and twitter and then we'll give you the information as soon as it's ready do you want some local news oh, oh. A lo- local news for local people yes <laughs> so this is from the sheffield star Ooh. So, sheffield mum issues warning after son spends one thousand pound on addictive mobile game to it what was the game what no. A Sheffield mum has warned other parents of a mobile game addiction that has affected her son and resulted in costing her almost £1,000. Cameron Littlewood, or Bloody Mum, said her 13-year-old was, was fixated on a popular mobile game, Roblox. Um. For a few years, but his addiction worsened during the lockdown. The 36-year-old full-time mum said, he doesn't speak to me about it, but he said he wanted people to like him. In total, he'd spent about 1000 on Roblox, in-app purchases. Uh, I tried to complain, but they kept bringing me to the other sides. I'd just like to tell parents out there, because during lockdown, it's just going to get worse as children are inside most of the time. He got so addicted, he wouldn't even look after himself anymore. He's lost a lot of weight as well. She said she was not notified of her son's shopping spree, as she only received the bills at the end of the month. I did not realise that the phone provider linked my card to the game. It's weird, there was no spending limit on the phone. He didn't even send me anything. No notification at all, she said, adding she was now ba- she has now banned her son from playing the game. I've also set a screen time limit on his phone and set his spending limit to zero, she said. Karen said her son is currently undergoing counselling to curb his online habits. He's understood that it's gone too far. He's allowed to use the phone, but he can't buy anything anymore. So the moral of the story is lock up your payment methods, parents. What are you doing? £1,000. Madness. Well, I think Karen needs to pay more attention to what her son's doing and stop letting him play um, that game for so long. Like... How long was he on the game for? A long time. Well, probably the entire period of lockdown, really. Did you say the the game had uh, linked to a credit card or debit card? card. Yes. There's your first problem. What was it linked in the first place? Yeah. Well, she just said she didn't know that I had them, so... Well, she'd have to put her details in Yeah. for it to be linked. She says, I did not realise the phone provider linked my card to the game. Mm. Phone provider won't link your card to the game. That's... That's compo face, that is. (laughs) (laughs) The only way I can think about it is how that she's how that's happened is that if she's linked her card to the Google account, maybe Google account. Yeah. Like maybe she's bought something on an app and it's saved her details. And then, but then it's it's normally really secure. So for example, I want to buy some coins on Pokemon go. I've got to put my password in or thumbprint for it to authorize it to go through. Well, son probably knows her passcode. Or he's got, he's got, um, a pair of her fingers <laughs> in a drawer no, somewhere. His, so. No, but it's his phone, I think. It's not his phone. Right, so if, it, if it's his phone, why is it connected to her bank? Someone's got to pay for I it. Don't know. I think this is just a very expensive lesson to learn, unfortunately. Well, well, she's now done the stuff that she should have done at the very beginning. Set a zero limit mm-hmm. and monitored his usage. That's what she should have done. She's his mom, and she should protect him. 
Like, and, and why is he trying to impress people by spending money on Roblox? Go out and get a girlfriend, you sad act. We're in a wow. pandemic. He can't go out. <laughs> can't take fun away from there. Yeah. Right. Let's let's have let's have something uh, more entertaining. So this so this is taken from BBC News. Okay. Pigs can play video games with their snouts. Scientists find. Mm. Pigs can play yeah, video games, scientists have found, after putting four fun loving swine to the test. Four pigs, Hamlet, Omelette, Ebony, and Ivory, were trained to use an arcade style joystick to steer an on screen cursor into walls. Were they any good at it? <laughs> Researchers said the fact that the pigs understood the connection between the stick and the game is no small feat. And the pigs even continued playing when the food reward dispenser broke. Apparently for the social contact. Oh, they're addicted. You, yep. Addiction. Usually. <laughs> They'll be on usually. Roblox next. <laughs> <laughs> usually, the pigs would be given a food pellet for winning the game level, but during testing, it broke, and they kept clearing the game levels when encouraged by some of the researchers' kind words. This sort of study is important because, as with any sentient beings, how we interact with pigs... And what we do to them impacts and matters to them. Lead author Dr. Candice Crony said. The research team also thought that the fact the pigs could play video games at all, since they are far-sighted animals with no hands or thumbs, was remarkable. But it was not easy for them. Out of the two Yorkshire pigs, Hamlet was better at the game than Omelette. But both struggled when it got harder, hitting the single target just under half the time. The Panpintur micro pigs, I don't know if you pronounce that right, had a bigger gamer skill gap. While Ivory was able to hit one wall target 76% of the time, Ebony could only do it 34% of the time. Get good. Yeah, Ebony, come on. (laughs) But the researchers were still satisfied that the attempts were deliberate and focused rather than random, what they called above chance. That means that to some extent, all acquired the association between the joystick and the cursor movement. Kate Daniels from Willow Farm in Worcestershire told BBC Radio 4's Today programme that while the scientists might have been impressed, I don't think this will come as a surprise to anyone that works with pigs. She added, they're not playing Minecraft, but that they can manipulate a situation to get a reward is no surprise at all. <laughs> she paraphrased a quote often attributed to Winston Churchill. Dogs look up to you, cats look down on you, and pigs look you right in the eye. She added, when you look a pig right in the eye, you can tell there's intelligence there. Still, pigs are no match for humans when playing games, or even less intelligent primates. The same kind of experiment has been tried with chimpanzees and monkeys, who have the advantage of opposable thumbs, and were able to meet such higher requirements from researchers. The research paper was published in the journal Frontiers in Psychology. So there we have it. The pigs are taking over. Right, this is going to be an esports subgenre. Mm. We need to get them playing Hogs of War. That's what we need to do. <laughs> yeah, that'd be perfect for them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, well, I, I did read somewhere uh, a few years ago now that uh, pigs have got like the same uh, intelligence level as like a golden retriever, and they're one of the cleverer dogs. Um, so, yeah, it's not overly surprising. Um, yeah, it's interesting though. Um, that they've got a skill gap. That's that's quite. Mm. It's quite funny. Skill based matchmaking. Yeah. 
yeah, it's it's in, it's interesting. It's um, the, the fact that they kept going after the um, the reward system had broke as well. It just it it reinforces that they actually, in some way, maybe enjoyed it. I know they were getting like the kind words from whoever was inducting the experiment, but they didn't have any um, any physical need to do it. They just mm. did it. Yeah. So at a really basic level, they they enjoyed it. So, have you guys ever heard of a game called Six Days in Fallujah? I've not. No. Well, you may not have because technically the game was cancelled back in two thousand nine, but it's suddenly been. What was it, sir? Is this war related? It is war related. Yes. I recognise Fallujah. I think there's a Fallujah. Yeah. Yeah, so the game itself is being resurrected apparently um, by a company that's called Victura, um, and it's also been developed by Highwire, which is actually a com- game company made up of former Halo and Destiny devs. Hmm. Um, so you know, I mean, at least maybe gameplay-wise, it might be good. But the reason that it was dropped back in two thousand nine by Konami of all companies um was that it got a lot of backlash for being it's essentially a uh, it's an event in real life that happened in 2004 in the iraqi war um i've not read much into what actually happened in it but from what i can understand um a lot of u.s soldiers um died during these six days um, and the developers wanted to, at the time in 2009, kind of retell that event, similar to you know how we've got World War Two video games, um, Vietnam, all that kind of stuff. But a lot of uh, the reason I got a lot of backlash back then, I think, was because the event was too soon of mm. to have happened for how they believed to um, glorify this obviously tragic event that happened um back in 2004 um and similarly now it's getting pretty much kind of a similar backlash into you know why is this game being developed you know do we really need this kind of game and i thought it was quite an interesting argument of well you know how long does um you know events like like this and you know Vietnam and, and stuff like that. Like we've been making these type of games anyway that kind of glor- glorify kind of what happened. Um, especially on kind of the US side of stuff. You you know you always see Call of Duty seems to hyping up the the American side of oh you know this uh, was brilliant and 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 whatnot and stuff. You know like. Uh, I remember one one specific scene in, in the original Black Ops, kind of at the end of the game, where you kind of finish it. I think you're in a submarine or something. You kind of come out and like all the American armies there and the flags waving perfectly in the wind and stuff like that. And like, is it is it a just argument for this game to not be made compared to any other kind of war style games? Because like Call of Duty gets made every year and makes billions billions of dollars and i know they try and their own way of 
showing you what the wars wars have been like, and it's not always glorified, is it? There there is moments that are a bit controversial. I think um, I think Battlefield One probably did it the best in terms of highlighting what the war, what what World War One was actually like in the trenches, because it was very like dirty and and gritty. Mm. I, don't, I don't. For me, there's no other game that I've played that's really highlighted the reality. Like definitely the first bit, you know, where you play as a player, you die, and then you you're somebody else. It just yeah. 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 I think the front case, at least World War One. I, I think Battlefield One did it the most respectful way, I suppose, if, if you can call it that kind of term. Mm. Um, but just looking at like all, all talk from like developers on this six days in Fallujah, they they really want to kind of tell a they want to tell it from like the U.S. Marine side of kind of just how hellacious those those events were, and. Um, I, from 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 reading the the statement that they gave, which I, I wish I could go back and find it, I don't think they really want to kind of glorify and you know highlight the the best of of, of what happened during that. They clearly want to respect the reality because they've apparently they've they've gone and talked to like a hundred um, U.S. troops and Marines who were involved during that day, uh, those that event. And like get their feedback on what happened. How can they tell this story in a, a meaningful and just a tasteful way? Yeah. Um, but it's, it seems like the backlash kind of back in two thousand nine, which may or may not have been correct, has kind of resurfaced. And was you know, mm. is it fair to for? to jump on this game and say they shouldn't be made compared to like, you know, everything that gets made anyway about, you know, Vietnam and World War Two. I think yeah, I think it's it well, it might be timing and it might be just how real the situation is because when you play um World War Two, for example, it's just like a nondescript battle. It's not really real. But this is a real event. It's even now it's um 16 17 years after the fact and um there could still be people living with the repercussions of what happened over those six days um mentally or without a family member i think Mm. that's i think that's the difference i mean one thing they could do i mean is maybe donate some money to the families just to try and I know it's not all about money mm. and they've lost a loved one, but I think it'd be a nice touch um, just to give something back, really, and to just maybe talk to the families as well to say, we're, we're going to try and tell this story, but tell it right. Yeah, mm. that could be, could be an idea. But I can understand also, why it's got the backlash it has. Yeah, I think back in 2009, I think I could understand it as being something that was just too soon because it was literally just five years after the event. So I think that's, I think at that point, uh, I think feedback uh, or the negative criticism was justified. Um, I'm just wondering, like, you know, we've been much longer now. Is that criticism still valid or, you know, I, I suppose I, it, I think hmm. it. I think it all depends on how 
how they do the game, you know, what direction to go with it, because I don't think there's any real gameplay or whatnot of it. Yeah, I think there was just a promotional trailer for it. Uh, yeah. But I suppose we'll see. I, I suppose we'll see how, how, it, how it goes and all the news that surrounds it, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, the way I look at it is how would I feel if somebody was making a game about an event where my dad died? How would I feel about that? The thing is, you say this, but why do we... We seem to accept it when it comes to films. I don't know mm, why. Yeah. I think it's some... just because uh, of the, the interactivity of it. So, uh, oh. that's, that's the stigma that always seems to come to gaming. Or maybe because people just associate games with playing, like something like it's uplifting or something. Maybe people just associate it. Like, like playing games is just always a happy thing. Hmm. And how do you make a happy thing of this occasion? Which is not really what gaming actually is. If you no. don't understand it. No. Gaming can cross many boundaries. Yeah. But, I don't know. I just find it a bit odd. I mean, I can understand it, but I also don't understand why we allow it in films. It's, mm. it's treating me equal. But... Well, yeah. This is, uh, this is where gaming kind of needs to be, I think, at the moment. The kind of the next step of to see them as equal in storytelling aspects as stuff like movies and books. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, all you got to do is look at The Last of Us Part 2 and you see how mature video games can be with their stories. So. Mm. Something a little bit more uplifting and maybe a bit peculiar. Um, so there's there's a streamer um, who's known as Dylan Beck, um, or Rudism, as his handle seems to be. He's uh, he's uploaded himself. He's uploaded a video of himself, I should say. <laughs> he's uploaded himself. He's uploaded himself. He's downloaded himself to the Matrix. He's uploaded a couple of videos of himself um, playing and beating the final boss of Hades using a interesting controller. Um, I wonder if you guys could work out what he's actually used as a controller. Is it steering wheel? Is it a guitar hero? Not steering uh, guitar. Not guitar hero, guitar. Although uh, he has got a video of himself playing Rocket League using a guitar hero controller. Is it a, re- a Wii remote? It's not a Wii remote. No, you you need to think a little outside of the box on this one. Right, he's converted an apple into a controller, and he's played with an apple. <laughs> no, it's not an apple. I mean, you're on uh, the on same lines. Do you, do you want to just get to it? Yeah, just put it out as a middle. <laughs> so he's managed to play and complete Hades using an actual promogra- uh, pomegranate. <laughs> so it wasn't far off. You weren't a far off. Well, he's used the seeds <laughs> of a pomegranate to. How does he even get to this idea? Oh, yeah, I'll just play Hades and what, you know, I'll play it with a pomegranate seed. Because that's just normal, isn't it? Well, I mean, the power-ups in Hades How is technically a pomegranate, so that's why it was related. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, how uh, I need to show you like the image because I can't really make this justice. But he's essentially got like clumps of seeds together, kind of it hooked looks, up from a wire. It looks horrifying. This, like, this might have to be maybe one of the images for the podcast potentially, but. <laughs> If, if you if you ever see it or you watch a video of it, I, I don't know how he pulls it off, 
because he is essentially he's got like clumps that are connected to one wire and they're all like one bone. Right. But he's got no way of actually aiming um, using these controls. But he somehow managed to like complete Hades doing it. I'm like, what the f? It looks like, like something um, a serial killer would make. Yeah, it just looks <laughs> like it looks like he's cut somebody's spleen up or something. It's, it's like a homemade like human organ control. <laughs> it's so weird when I, when I saw this story, I was just like, I I can't complete it normally. Like, how are you how are you doing it with a pomegranate? <laughs> it's so weird. I'm gobsmacked. <laughs> I mean, he's got. If you if you find him on YouTube, he's got videos of like playing other games with like different controls and whatnot. It's not just like I think he's. I think he completed something with like the Dance Dance Revolution, Matt. Completed okay, Dark Souls remember. with a banana. Is is that what is that one of his? No. no. Uh, <laughs> I thought he was actually like really. I'm surprised. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, just. The, the the man can do anything, uh, and I can't complete games with no controls, so I'm very unfair to this man. <laughs> On that bombshell, <laughs> I'm just going through his Twitter feed at the minute. Um, yeah, go through his his YouTube if you can find a, a one of his videos and links to his channel because he he does all sorts. Like, I won't be surprised if he used like the Resident Evil Four chainsaw control to complete something. As much as that's like technically a practical control. Oh my goodness! Gaming chairs, but the chairs have got buttons and joysticks. <laughs> oh, that's the ultimate controller, isn't it? Just sitting there. That's... Just... You don't. You can't even sit on it. <laughs> what? Right. Anyway, uh, moving on. <laughs> okay, we just got some little extras. So, Rainbow Six Quarantine looks like it's going to be renamed to Rainbow Six Parasite. I'll come some leaked promotional material. Mm. Uh, I'm guessing because of the current climate that might be why yeah. I decided to step away from the quarantine bit. Because Parasite yeah. sounds so much better. Yeah, oh, yeah definitely. Like, parasite, <laughs> that doesn't sound any better than quarantine. No. Whenever I hear Parasite, I always think about the flood on Halo for some reason. <laughs> I don't think it's officially being announced, but it sounds like that's what it is. You might, you might as well call it Rainbow Six Pandemic. <laughs> Rainbow Six COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Rainbow 19. <laughs> Rainbow 19 COVID. Uh, EA executives, uh, it looks like they're looking at whether to continue support for Anthem. Because let's be honest, Anthem died on its arse on this release. Yeah. It seems to care about it. That's because a really... No, oh, go on, sorry. Well, it's just that they were gonna because obviously they released it, it got a bad rap. Then uh, I think over the past year, kind of like announced Anthem Next. That was like their thing. That's what they called it, where they, they like revamped yeah. the game. And it looks like they're going to be tossing that to the side now. But yeah, that can official, go. Yeah, an official decision is not being made yet, but just kill it, just kill it. Don't buy <laughs> I mean, other things. To me, it just looks Definitely. like a Destiny ripoff. <laughs> Oh, not to me. Like I, I feel like Anthem outside of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven had like the biggest fall of grace for a game. Like when when it first when they first showed Anthem, I was absolutely really hyped for it. I looked, I thought it looked 
uh, I thought it looked better than Destiny because it had the whole uh, jetpack thing, being able to fly through, even going underwater. That well, looks for, incredible. Well, for a, long, a long period, the, the flying wasn't going to be in it. Was it not? Moving over. Yeah, they kept moving over. Apparently, it was like key members of the staff who didn't want it. I thought and it looked amazing. Were like, one, were like one of the big bigs who thought he like, liked it, and that's why they kept it. And the rest of the development team were a bit. Ooh. <laughs> well, developers can be wrong sometimes. <laughs> Rick Anthem. And one final thing The Sonic the Hedgehog sequel. Hey! Imaginatively titled Sonic the Hedgehog 2. It's got a release oh, date yeah. of April the 8th, 2022. Mm. Let's put that in your I, 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 like, I like the little tease trailer for it because it had the, the music from Emerald Hills on, which is always a smile for me. So. Plus the logo with the two tails. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, we got teased. I, I was going to say we got teased with the tails at the end of the last <laughs> film. <laughs> uh, technically, we did. We got you, teased by tails, the miles per hour. Sorry, Tails Miles Pro. That's it. That's his name. Oh, uh, did you guys see the Mortal Kombat trail? I did. What did you think? I was surprisingly um, shocked by how how good it actually looked. Because, like, I I remember the the original films (laughs) that are okay best. The rubbish. Well, I I thought they still had the same amount of cheese as the other ones. I can remember having um, the Mortal Kombat film on video and watching it quite a lot as a um, a youngster. I think we were about six or seven, and I used to watch it quite frequently. How did you get and away with that? I don't know. <laughs> um, I can always remember it's just someone got kicked into the spikes. Um, I've, I vividly remember that happening, <clears throat> and that scarred me for life. That's coming. I gotta say, I, I don't think the Scorpion's get over here was was as impactful as I thought it was going to be. It's not as good as the original. Sub-Zero looks, looked pretty good, cooler, actually. I like how they incorporated most of his, his moveset. Pretty brawl how uh, Jack's got his arms ripped off. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. Right, shall we move on? Yes, let's move on. What are we currently playing? Go on, Matt. Well, I've not really been playing all that much, if I'm honest. Oh, God. <laughs> Call Jimmy, uh, right, go on now. <laughs> oh, well, no, I've done some stuff. Calm down. Um, so, yes, I called you. <laughs> so, um, well, last weekend they had a double XP uh, weekend, so I, I could not play that. Um, although, mostly just trying to do the zombie cam- uh, camos now. So, <laughs> trying to get all of them done. So, if we go away from uh, Call Duty, uh, I did pick up out of saying that I wouldn't get another like kind of game that's meant to be for next gen. I did pick up uh, FIFA 21. Well, no, it So, <laughs> yes, I've finally converted over. And now we can delete it, can't we? Yeah. And we can delete FIFA 20. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, taking up 50 gigs for part two. Yeah. Well, I had to delete when, Rocket League for keeping that. <laughs> when when I uh, when, when I first bought it, for some reason it said that the game was like 90 gigabytes. I'm like, that can't be right. Like, that, that doesn't sound like FIFA. But then when I actually downloaded it, it was about 50. I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. So, um, I've had a little play around on that. I've, I've mostly just been playing um, 
the pro pro clubs um, dropping matches. Um, just so I can get an advantage on getting some stats up. <laughs> Um, oh, making us look terrible in our games. Yeah, that's, that's it. I, I do not look good at all. It's going to make that's us look like noobs. I'm, I'm not. That's I'm it. Not good at all. When we do the road to Division One, we'll just be there with like a 76 rated new players. And they'll be there 84 rated or something. No, no. Every, everyone do starts a rainbow flicks. Everyone starts out 80, 80 rated. So, um, no, because as you know, when you when you start pro clubs over again, your pro is like terrible. He passes like he's from Sheffield FC or something. Um, very diplomatic <laughs> well yeah maybe a little bit harsh maybe I don't know Sheffield Park Steels trying to think Metropolitan Police Team or <laughs> they always seem to be there in the first division qualifying rounds for the FA Cup <laughs> um, yeah so I just, I just wanted to get a better stance up but I've been mainly playing as goalkeeper just because I like I like playing as goalkeeper even though I've read that um, they've really nerfed the goalkeeper animations, so I'm starting I'm starting to hate it now. Where it's like balls coming in, the shoot, you've you've pressed you've pressed the save button, you know, at the right time, you've you pick the right direction, and then he kind of just flops, and the ball <laughs> rolls past him. It's like, yeah, no, this is realistic. Oh, um, I can't wait for us to play this. Like. <laughs> well, I won't play Please this don't be a goalkeeper. <laughs> Apparently, I've been reading that like using the right sticks uh, much better for for saving shots now, which I can attest to. Like the goalkeeper actually tries to save the ball this time, so that's not too bad. Um, I've not tried anything else on FIFA. I'd like to give career mode a go because the they revamped the being a manager, aren't they? So now yeah. um, games, if you simulate the game, it plays out more like a football manager rather than just. Flashing the time by and not seeing what's what seems yeah. to be going on. The the one thing that I really like about that um, is you can do the simulation like a slow sim, so it passes time as if you were playing the game normally. Mm. And then if you lose it, you're like, right, I'm going to have to take this over. And yeah, then you, you can, can jump straight into the game, which is pretty cool. Yeah, you can jump into the game, so you can like take control if if things aren't going going right. Which I might I might start doing that because whenever I, whenever when I've ever done a manager career mode on FIFA, I was simulate because I want it to be like an actual manager mode and not I'm controlling the players I'd like to control the tactics mm. which never I'd worked like, I'd really like a, a game where you actually stand on the actual sidelines watching the game yeah that's what I'd like I'd in, like a, proper th- yeah. in like a proper 3D you Just could have it as like a VR add-on manager VR add-on or something that'd be cool wouldn't it I'd be great if like a ball gets blasted towards you, <laughs> towards you. Like, oh, it's getting knocked out. It. And then you can get a red card and get sent to the stamps. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, then... I have a fight with the manager on the touchline. Yeah. Like, come on, man. <laughs> and then, um, and then you look to the left and see the faceless um, crowd member. <laughs> no, nah, they're all just duplicated, aren't they? Just like doing the same <laughs> default celebration. But... Are you going drop kick someone in <laughs> for real? No, you you run into the pitch and take ball, don't you? You like yeah. score yourself. Like I'm the twelfth man. That's it. Manager celebrations. You could just canton off somebody. Oh, you could be like Mourinho, couldn't you? You like ruin damn pitch and just slide on your tuxedo, bloody. And then you end up smashing your coffee table up. Boot <laughs> <laughs> a bottle. Oh, I do. Yeah. Um, Who were it? Arsene Wenger. Wenger that did that. 
No, it went Arson. The boots in that bottle. That sounds like some of the Arson might have done. See if that was maybe Mourinho. Mourinho loves booting stuff. Yeah, so outside of those two, um, on PC, we've actually been playing a new game uh, with a mate of mine that's called Codename Terra Nova. Um, it's, it's, it's actually got a quite interesting concept where so um, one person is in like a series of train carts um, and, you, and you have to play this court you can't play it any other way and the other person um, is playing outside the game they're on like, a, um, like a, a web browser they're on like a web page where they're essentially like the um, they're like the navigator and the other person's like the agent they call it and what the agent has to do he has to describe what kind of train car he's in so it could be in like um, reception car or it could be in um, residential or relaxation um, or it could be like a cockpit or cargo there's different categories and well, so what the operator has to do he has to select that type of um, car and then the agent has to describe what's in the room so it could be like um, the car's got four windows um, trash can at one end advertisement board at the other and the operator has to like find the exact match to be able to open the door for then the agent to go into the next car but each car could suddenly have say like some sort of puzzle in it so say like um, I don't know Say it's got like a keypad or something. Um, so the operator's got to select that and then they've got to read out maybe say like a code or some sort of phrase or whatnot for then the operator, to, uh, the agent to put in to the keypad to then go in. But there's all sorts of different puzzles and whatnot um, throughout each cart and different type. It was, it's, it's actually really... Um, really cool in the way that they do it they're like if if the operator picks like the wrong car um the agent loses time into which then to complete the complete the level in effect um it, it really reminded me of that kind of like keep talking and nobody explodes but just in a different concept um, so it's a sort of like an escape room kind of yeah yeah you could tell like it's a bit of like an escape room where one person, you know what, I just thought about it. I thought about it. It's, it's kind of like Nightmare. Mm. I can't even come back to Nightmare. <laughs> nightmare keeps on coming up in these podcasts. It's been like Nightmare where like one person has to describe things to the other person and then you do that one thing in the game and then something else changes like on the website and you've got to suddenly do something else. Yeah. It's just really interesting. It'd be, uh, I think it's currently in early access on PC. I don't think it's... I'd rather some consoles yet, but it, it'd definitely be um, be worth it for like see you guys play or something. Oh, I think yeah, I think it is. Only it does sound really good. Play. Yeah. What, what was it called? Yeah? Uh, Code name Terra Nova. Currently on early access. Mm. Oh, it's a really interesting concept. Sure. Right, that's me, Indian. Right, that's me done. I could say probably. <laughs> Uh, go with you, Mark. See what you've been playing. Oh, okay. Uh, so I've continued with my Hitman Three. Oh. Uh, well, 
because I've been doing like trying to get mastery level on all the levels first. I'm only mm-hmm. halfway through, so I've done the first three levels. Mm-hmm. I don't want to really talk about the game much until I've completed it. I'm sure, okay. I'll plenty, I'm sure I'll have plenty to say once I've done that. And then me and my brother, we started playing a new game. Ooh. Yeah. So it's Journey to the Savage Planet. That sounds familiar. Is this on is it PC or PlayStation? And this one PS4. But I think I'm fairly sure it is on PC and all that. So basically, um, you play a intrepid tra- traveller sent by a company on Earth to find a distant planet which could possibly be inhabitable for humans. So you've got to study the planet and discover if it's if humans can colonise it, hmm. basically. So you can play this on your own, but you can also play co-op. So obviously I've been playing co-op, my brother. And basically you just go out, and it's it's sort of like, the only way I can describe it is it's sort of more entertaining No Man's Sky. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be the judge to that. Yeah, it's, it's, got, it's got some good humour, uh, that kind of thing. So basically you just go out, you, you, find these, you have come across these weird creatures, they're either friendly or you get into fights with them, you harvest stuff, you fix your spacecraft. Mm. Uh, only played a couple of hours of it, so not really in depth much about it. But it's it's good, good fun so far. So we'll see mm. how that is. Uh, but one final game that I've played to completion, and that's a game called Super Liminal. Have you heard of this? No. So, so uh, Super Liminal. Yeah, Super Liminal is a first-person puzzle game, which is all about. <sighs> Forced perspective and optical illusions. Oh, is this um, is this where say like you you've got an object in the room that's like small or something, mm. you can grab it and then pull away and then suddenly it becomes like big. Yes. Ah, yeah, I've it's heard of that. Really, quite an in- intriguing game. Uh, so yeah, so it's like you basically start off in like a room. You go into this other room. You like you turn you, you go into a doorway. To, there's mm. just like this massive. A chess piece, like just blocking yeah. the entire hallway. Mm. But then you just grab it, and it's like it's small in your hand. When you get into some of the later levels, it's a proper mind. <laughs> it's really a bit. Crazy. Excuse you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but I don't know really how to describe it. It's 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 sort of a, the way I feel. It's sort of a cross between Portal and Stanley Parable. That's what I thought it was like. Yeah, it's kind of like you've got this voiceover as well throughout the game which is kind of leading you along and you're wondering is that good is that happy are they <laughs> are they are they with you or are they not with you or but the whole puzzle aspect is great so mm. like it's not overly difficult but there are some that there's some moments that you'd like probably have to sit down and just think about it. it's mm. like what this one's where is that there's a small piece of cheese like and then you've just got a doorway like up at the top, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, how on earth do I get up there? But the fact is, you've just got to try and get this piece of cheese to be massive by like dropping it high in the air, and then as it comes closer to you, it grows in size. Ah, oh, right. And you keep doing that until obviously it's massive. It's just a massive. Cheese. You just walk up. Turns into a massive ramp. <laughs> yeah, and it's just it's just things like that. But it's just but in the, like the last couple of levels, it, it proper gets mind bending. It gets proper like Inception like. Like you're walking <laughs> on walls and things like that. It's crazy. It does get really weird. 
But I would highly <laughs> encourage. I would highly encourage you to play it. It's just one of the most unique games of all time. Mm. But that's what I played. So go on, Nath. What you been doing? What have I been doing? Okay. Um, so I'll start with uh, a game that I know you really enjoyed, Mark. Um, so the first one of the first games I've been playing is Ghosts of Tsushima. Hey. Finally got around to playing it. Um, How are you finding it? It's I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, so I'll just start off with a bit of a bit of a premise to the game. Um, so it's set in the 13th century, um, and you play as um, a samurai called Jin. And at the start of the game, it's the Mongols that have invaded the island of Tsushima, and um, a fight ensues, and pretty much all of the samurais get decimated. It doesn't go well, does it? No, no. Uh, One bit I did find funny, because they were like, right, send down your best warrior. And Genghis Khan's grandson just throws the... (laughs) And, yeah. <laughs> throws the alcohol and sets it on fire. And honestly, I just laughed at that point. Oh, spoilers. It's not that bad. The, the <laughs> one gonna, then it's that's literally at the start of the game. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Um as you go through, um, you kind of try and fight off the Mongol invaders. Um uh, but your uncle gets captured. Um, and then you go and try and rescue him, and you get your arse handed to you. At this stage. So I was trying to fight Genghis Khan's grandson. Yeah. I I can't remember his name, but I do know he's Genghis Khan's grandson. And um, I I was thinking to myself, this is so difficult. How the heck can I beat him? Because I only took like a bit of his health off. And then I ended up getting thrown off a bridge. I was like, this is insane. Is that it? Am I just so bad at the game? (laughs) Yeah, that's it. But it turns out that... You, it's a, it's about, it's a redemption story in effect. Um, so you survive the fall, and um, it'd be a short game if you didn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this critically acclaimed game that takes about five ten minutes. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, um, so the Mongols have invaded the island. They've pretty much got the entire island locked down. Um, at the start of it, I've got to try and like escape this village. Um, with my new friend who's a, a thief um, but she's all right and um, yeah it's I'll get into like the gameplay aspect of it now I mean the it, the controls are fantastic I, I love all like the fighting aspects of it um, one of my favorite bits is like the standoffs that you can do mm. so before you enter Definitely. a settlement um, you can choose whether to do a standoff so you basically um, click up the up arrow and that'll start the standoff and you hold um, triangle, and then as they come as they come to attack, you can click it again, and then that basically is an instant kill. You just slash through them. But then from that, if people are rushing you, you can uh, choose to attack them as well, so you can get a few of them out of the way. Yeah. But I just think as that's you, so cool. Yeah. That bit. As you upgrade, you can like increase the number of people you can take down mm. in the standoff. So yeah, it's like to up to five people eventually. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, yeah, so I've um, I've probably played about four hours in of it so far, but I'm just enjoying it so much. I mean, just all the different areas of the game. It's just it's just so beautiful, and the music's fantastic as well. Um, it's, it's just a such a nice, nice yeah. It's just a, it's a nice place to be. Like even the 
the wind aspect of it in finding where you need to be. So you've got a big map. Um, for me, most of it's still greyed out because I've not been to certain areas yet. But you can put a marker on a certain location and then you've got to follow the wind. And I think that's quite nice. I'm pushing the touchpad. If you, if you need a bit of more direction, just give it a swipe. And then... hmm. I'll be honest, I've not done that. Have you not? No? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. If you swipe on the touchpad, that will do the wind for you. Ah, fair enough. Based, what I what I did is I just go to the map and then come out and then at that point it tells me how far I am away from my where I need to be and then I'll kind of go in a certain direction see if it goes down or up in terms of the thing. But oh, good tip. So I'll I'll definitely use that going forward. Um, one thing I do like about it is that I get called Lord a lot and um, it feels really good. <laughs> I'm like so yeah. If anyone refers to me now, it's Lord Nathan. <laughs> Ego booster. Um, I've got a horse as well. Um, so the horse that I chose was Kage because I'm I'm into Naruto and oh, um, oh, the whole Kage, yeah. Um, so yeah, I've got me and Kage against the world. Now, if I can compare Kage to Maxwell, my horse on Red Dead, Kage just blows Maxwell out of the water. Infinite stamina, for one, and well, that's all I need to know. And Kage is faster as well, so. Have you yeah. done any one-on-one duels? No, have you not come across that yet? Um, I don't know. I've not come across that just yet. Okay. I've um, I've liberated some um, settlements. Um, I've got a few people on my team now. So I've got the, an archer, um, a blacksmith, and a few other people that are going to like help me on my journey. Um, so yeah, but I'm 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 still pretty early on in the game. From what I know, it's like tw- between 20 and 25 hours-ish. So still quite a bit to go yet. I don't know what your experience of it is in completing it was. Um, well, I did 100%. So probably took me about 30, maybe. I, don't mm. I can't remember. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far. And I'm, yeah, just looking forward to playing it more. It's, just, like it. mm, it's really good. It's past the one-hour test, so it gripped me after an hour. So I'm not gonna, not gonna sell it. Um, right. So another game that I played. Um, this was last week now, and I played it to completion. Was um, a Plague Tale: Innocence. Um, so this is a game that I've been wanting to play for a while, um, but I've just got around to doing it. So, but I was so happy with it. Um, so the premise of this game is it's set in the in 14th century France, um, and you and it tells the story of um, two people are the main characters. So you've got Amicia and Hugo. Uh, so they're a brother and sister. And um, at the start of the game, um, your town gets raided by the Inquisition because they're looking for your brother. Now, for one reason or another. Um, you've not had much contact with your brother. Um, so it's kind of a, a story of them both learning about each other and coming together as in that brother and sister dynamic. So, but what we don't know at the time is that Hugo, the brother has got something in his blood called um, the macula. And you learn a bit more about what that is and what that entails as the, as you're carrying on in the game. So earlier on, early on in the game, the main antagonist is the, are the rats. So it's basically a horde of rats. Um, and ba- if basically if there's no light source, the rats will kind of will just kill you. 
they'll like swarm you and eat you, and that's it. So there's yeah, it is. So there's three there's three main aspects to the game. So there's like puzzle elements, there's combat, and there's stealth. Um, because when your town gets raided, you kind of have to escape. Um, your your dad gets killed, your mum gets killed, so your orphans on the run, and you've got to try and get around the Inquisition. Uh, you've got to try and stay away from these rats. And um, yeah, it's 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 a really uh, it's not a fun game. It's very dark. It um, there's some elements in there that you don't like doing. So, for example, I'll just cite this one thing that we had to do. So you had to get through this barn, and in order to get through, you had to draw the rats away. So you had to take like a a bag of grain, pull it into the barn. So it lured a pig into the barn, and then the rats would eat the pig to give you room to get through the barn. So there's just things like that. I mean, the puzzles aren't massively complex, but some some of them will have you scratching your head for a bit. But you can you can be in cover, <clears throat> mm. and then that'll give you the opportunity to like think. Right, I need to get to this point. How do I do it? Um, so as you go, <clears throat> excuse me. So as you go through the game. Um, you learn how to do alchemy, um, so you can make like fire. Um, you can make like these ice things that will put fire out. So you use them to like create light to force the rats into certain areas, and then lure people in, and then turn the light out, and then they'll swarm the Inquisition. So you can kind of get away. So yeah, I don't want to go too much into like the story side of it, but in terms of the the gameplay is. You always feel like you're never really safe, which is which is quite interesting. And as you go through, there is quite a heavy story involved, and you meet people that help you, and you find out why people are after your brother um, to get his blood in effect. Um, mm. But yeah, it's um, the story itself is like between ten and twelve hours. And um, yeah, I mean, if if you're looking for a um, a good story-driven game that goes into a relationship between the brother and sister um, with horror elements and puzzle and then yeah definitely go for it um, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it I thought it was really good and that's well that's all I've been playing so I played through a plague tale and then after that I got straight on to Ghost of Tsushima and that's it that's all I've been playing okay show moment to the video game whole thing mm, let's do it yes let's so this is where I take an in-depth look at a game of high quality or historical importance and induct it into our pantheon of games we feel deserve special recognition. <clears throat> our inductee in this episode was first released in 2013 for the Windows PC and Mac OS. Designed and programmed by Lucas Pope and developed and published through his production company 3909 LLC, it's Papers, Please. Mm. Glory to Astoshka. Mm. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so, how... Do you describe Papers, Please, to someone who's never heard of it? Uh, so, basically, you play a guy who's won a lottery to be given a role by the Ministry of Admission mm-hmm. uh, at the Grestin Border Checkpoint of the fictional state of Arsnoska. And the country has recently had a recent war with the neighbouring country, Kalachia. Uh, yeah. Now, this border checkpoint between East and West Grestin has been made up, and you've been given this job to work on the border. And... But so, in terms of gameplay loop, so basically you have to study documents given to you by people trying to get into the country, 
on the you've got to find this references and decide whether to let them in or not mm. yeah. or even detain them mm-hmm. um but there's, there's a lot more to this game than the actual just dies in there yeah, you just, you just say that. Well, to, you say yeah. that to someone, and they instantly go, "What? Why would you, why On would the you face of it, it does sound quite rubbish. I mean, you've got you got to take into account the other side of it. It's like when you finish your day, you get your money that you got to allocate. So you've got a family yes. to look after as well. So you've got a wife, yeah. a child, uncle, and mother-in-law. Now, I will say this: the uncle is a leech. What's he doing living with you? Like, <laughs> so if if your family's cold or your kid needs a um, some medicine, what for is- example. Why can't he get his own job? The uncle. <laughs> I got mother-in-law. Well, there's that as well. Why can't they get their own job? <laughs> well, why, can't, why can't the son? brother. Why can't the child? Can work. <laughs> yeah. Slave labour. Exactly. Forced labour. Mm. Anyway. Um, but yeah, as, as you said, Mark, there, there is more to it than that. So there's basically, as you go through, you get a certain amount of money, depending on how well you've done that day. Uh, and you've got to allocate that. So... It can go so, to heat, food, medicine. So for each person you process, you get five credits. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then obviously you can get things wrong. So if you incorrectly process well, yeah. someone, uh, you get two violations a day for free. So you get you don't get any punishments for them. But if any beyond that, you get docked five credits from the end of day pay. And it's, it's always a, like a rush against time, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. So, so are you like me? It's like when you, when you start each day, do you like... Set everything up in your in your your little booth. Oh yeah, so yeah I, I have yeah. everything laid out in a specific way as to where everything is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll have like the um, the manual to the left, and then I'll have my stamp to the to the right already opened up, and I'll when I've when I pull the um, passport in, I'll just put that to the right hand side. Any other documentation goes in the middle for me to check, and yeah, off off I go. What you're going to do is you're going to study the rule book and you've got to like mark out discrepancies. So it might be uh, date of birth might be wrong from one document to another. Yeah, the height might differentiate. Yeah, could age, sex. But the first time mm. I ever played it, the one that threw me that I always seem to get wrong because I didn't, I didn't, it never, there's some mechanics in it that it doesn't explain to you that well. And one for me was the fingerprint. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I get that one wrong as well quite often. I've worked it out now because because I, I was I was trying to find an excuse to play this game again, and this gave me the perfect excuse. So so yesterday <laughs> I, I played it all like I completed it yesterday. Again. Oh wow! Uh, but yeah, you have to like give them a slip. They put the fingerprints on it, but then it prints out one that you've got of like cross references. But I, I always forgot. I I. I I never realised that I was supposed to grab that piece of paper back from the person. That's mm. it. And then you're supposed to compare them. And then obviously there's like different names on it and things like that. So it always confused me that. Yeah, I think for, for the most part, the the reason why you need the fingerprints is because then their name on their passport is different to one or like a, a, the reason for why they're coming or something like that. Yeah. So then you're like, you describe, you describe to that, they'll be like, oh, I've got different names so then you're like all right is is fingerprints yeah. and they'll come through like the different way. aliases yeah and they've not got different aliases well i've actually worked out because i was i was watching um i was watching a let's play on it um last night is that even if they don't have um different aliases you have to also um 
compare the non alias to like the other name list on the document you have to yeah. like well you've not actually got different aliases I, I always fell down there that like once i got the fingerprints i was like yeah oh, the okay they've got no other analysis i'll let yeah. them through and then they're like, oh, actually you didn't check if yeah. that was correct or not anyway i was like I, but it says no over here. <laughs> so basically what happens obviously is that throughout the game so you've got 31 days i believe it is your job gameplay <laughs> yeah. And progressively over the time, things get more complicated. More rules get enforced. Oh, you yeah. have to you have to study board documents. So you've got like things like so. Obviously, you've always got your passport to begin with. Really, that's like yeah. a key one. And then you've got ID cards, work permits. Uh, eventually, you get like a vaccine form. And you've got to study all these things. Yeah, and just make sure everything correlates together. Oh, it's, it takes quite a bit of brain. So much stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. It's like I've just spent all day working. I don't want to do this again. <laughs> it's like it's like there's like maybe like one letter spelt wrong in the name or something. Mm. Oh, that always catches me out. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like the ID, the ID number and the passport or something like that. Yeah. The the one thing that threw me off earlier on in the game is like the picture because I'd be checking all the other information and then I'd be like, oh, the picture's wrong. I'm like, damn it. Oh yeah, the, <laughs> it don't look like the photo and stuff. Yeah. I always yeah. sometimes got the the sex wrong because like I'll I'll Gen- be flying yeah, through but like right there looks fine name okay that's fine right right region okay that looks fine you ready for how long what's your purpose okay and I'll look at the four yeah you like that person all right go on oh actually they were female what yeah, it's just it's one of those things <laughs> you, you just, just assume that person's gender well I said it was it was <laughs> it was male in the passport but they went through as female. Like, okay. It just raises interesting, <laughs> interesting things about it's like moral things, though, isn't it? Because obviously, in, the, yeah. in that instance, if you challenge that, and say right, well, you, they, then it takes you do the photograph thing, don't you? you oh, you have to, yeah, they have to do like the scan thing. They have to like, mm. take and then you just got a, a nude photograph of someone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and there's re- recurring characters throughout the game as well, isn't it? I mean, we all mm. love Georgia. Georgia Kostov. Oh, such a oh nice man, woman. Georgia. Yeah. Like I just feel bad for him. Like I was, I don't want to decline him. Like one day I'm just like, yeah, I'll just go through. I've seen you before. It turns it up. He's always got something strapped to him, onto him or something like trying to carry some sort of contraband into the country. <laughs> but then he tries to help you out later on in the game. Should hope so. Oh, does he? See, I th- this is one of the games that I regret not completing. Because I think I've only gone too far. Yeah, as... Well, there's 20 endings. I saw that. I saw the video as well. I was like, Jesus, how many endings is there? But a lot of them are like fairly similar, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Like, a lot of them just you getting arrested. <laughs> I think there's only four I've not done, I think. Hmm. Four? I, I like the, um, the ethical aspects of the, the day's work. So, for example, you could let somebody through that's going to run a... Um, a club that um, hosts ladies of the night, let's say. Um, but another lady could come through and say, if you let me through, I'll be enslaved. Yeah. And then there's a question there as to what you do, because that man's probably got the right documentation. Um, so do you let him through and get the five credits so you can pay for your kids' um, mm. medicine? Or do you let her through? Oh, well, sorry, or do you decline him? And let your kid potentially die, or or whatever. 
So I think they were really interesting uh, moments in the game as to mm. what you'd do. There are some really interesting moral decisions along the way. This is like, I always remember the one about the husband and wife. So husband goes up to the checkpoint first. Yeah. He's got the right documentation. Yeah, I remember this. The, mm. This couple, yeah. So he's, he's the was this fairly this early on, this one? Uh, uh, roughly, probably so. maybe the eighth, ninth day or so, I think I recall. They always, they always appear pretty mm. early. There's certain days where there's like these scripted ones in there. Mm. So yeah, the, the husband's coming along, he's got all the correct documentation, and then he's like, oh, my, my, my wife's behind me. No, please, please let her through. And then obviously, inevitably, she's got she's wrong got documentation. Wrong, yeah. She's got things wrong. So what do you do? Do you let her through? Do you have a heart? Or do you reject it? Or do you, you know, do you stand your ground? They're the questions. Did you do? Did you do? I sent a pack in. That doesn't surprise me, Nathan. But uh, I'm paid to do I, a job. I, I, I admit, in my I, in my playthrough yesterday, I did reject it. But, I think I had to car buy a letter. I was like, well, on my, okay. on my first playthrough, it was <laughs> like they're escaping on this. Like, oh, if you don't let them through, they're gonna die and stuff. I was like, mm, okay, go on. I've not had a citation yet, so I could take one. <laughs> the team. <laughs> take the hit. Yeah. I'll, I'll take one for the team. Yeah. And then there's like other ones where one of the guards come up to you and says, oh, uh, I met this beautiful girl called Eliza. And he gives you like a little pendant. A little oh, picture yeah. on it. And he's like, oh, will you please let her through? And you know where this is going. Inevitably, she didn't have the paperwork. But it's like, do you let her through or not? Or... I don't know, I don't think I got that far. You said no. Yeah. You're not a team player, are you? <laughs> I like early on when you get a uh, like you get a voucher for like this um, this club, this pink voucher, so you can go and um, and see the girls and stuff. I'm like, excuse me, I'm a happily married man with a sick kid at home. Yeah. Some of the don't people just me... do, do give you random stuff, don't? They? Yeah, like random crap. Like, it's the one where they just like what it's like is, is there a sports player or something like a football player or? Mm. Oh yeah, it just no, gives yeah. you like this weird pendant thing. No, it, it, yeah, it gives you this thing that you can hang up on the wall. It's like, yeah, we're number one team. And like, well, but you not got right documentation. It's like, But then if you hang that up on the wall and then one of the, like, like the head guard blokes come along, it's like, what is this crap on the wall? <laughs> Take it down now. Oops. And he just randomly gives you like plaques to put up. It's like adequate service. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know about this because I had not gone this far. That like the guy can come in who's like, oh, you've had. Uh... So on this playthrough, I was watching the like this guy was like, oh, you've had seven uh, citations. Seven citations, yeah. Uh, you had like the plaque of um, for like sufficiency or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like you're yeah. sufficient. Like, oh, cheers. <laughs> you can also get involved in like the political aspects of this, can't you? Because you can get involved with the is it Isaac? Isaac? Yeah, he's Isaac. Easy, so I see. So they're like a group who are trying to uprise against the government. They give me like these weird code deciphering items. Mm. Yeah. So you overlay it on another thing and it tells you like the name of a. So in the spaces of it, it'll tell you like the name of a, an entrant into the country. And it's like, yeah, and then we can... please let this person through. But sometimes it might not happen on that day. That's the thing. Oh, so got to no, it. sometimes he says he'll come in like the next few days. Yeah. And then when it comes to that point, you end up forgetting. 
<laughs> which I guess is all part of the game, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a memory test as it's well. It's funny. Well, they'll always have incorrect documentation, won't they? I think that's the, that's the thing that gives it away, I think. At least uh, we'll on the playthrough anyway, I think. I can't remember. But... It might be. The, the playthrough that I was watching, um, the guy declined someone because he had incorrect documentation. Um, oh. And like the next day, the 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 bloke with the I suppose the sun for the face comes and gives you no like the you yeah like you've declined one of our guys and he was like oh I did I didn't know <laughs> I didn't realize he'd declined them. One of the endings, one of the endings I quite like is um, so this easy blows comes along and he's like there's a spy coming into the country or something like that give mm. this to him and he just chucks it on your desk. And it's actually, uh, you, you turn it over and it's you open it up and it's just like a bunch of powder. And underneath <laughs> it says, do not touch the powder. Okay. Inevitably, me being me, touch the powder, I, I just die. <laughs> that's <laughs> it. That's the Because he was, amazing, oh, he was meant to poison crap. this person. You should have done as you're told. <laughs> Maybe at a deeper level, if you'd done as you're told to begin with, you wouldn't have been put in that position. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> no, but it was meant for someone else. It wasn't meant for me. I was supposed to pass it on to someone, but I just couldn't resist the, the urge. Yeah. It said, do not, it's, like, it's like seeing the big red button in an airplane. Do yeah, not do not push, yeah. Push it. That's what happens. Lion goes into a tailspin, free dive. <laughs> what, see, well, seeing as you've completed it, what was one of your favourite endings? Or oh, actually, what was one of the first endings you got? I can't remember any. Well, from, usually, yeah, most, most of them involved be getting arrested, that's for sure. Yeah, I was watching a video that's got all of them. It's just like because it's basically on the final day you get you get audited about your mm-hmm. activity. Yeah. So if you working alongside this uh, easy team, the easy group, yeah. then you'll get your comeuppance. Your, mm, your family gets, Yeah, and then your your family is kidnapped or something. I don't know, but it's just like things don't end up well. No, so, I think. Oh, what was it? Because I, I, I actually I remember in my in my first game, I think all my family died. I think I can. Oh, that's I great. So you got points for slayer. No, I think it's because I just couldn't afford it. Yeah. You, obviously, you've got to keep up all the payments, haven't you? So you're like twenty five credits is always taken out for heat. That sorry for rent. Rent, yeah. And then you've got to heat, food, and then there's the medicines, isn't there? Yeah, if someone's sick, you can medicine. But I found that you can alternate between heat and food. You don't need to pay them every day. Oh, okay. No, I worked that for the playthrough. So I always just paid it. I was like, well, my family needs it. So. Well, later on in the game, I got quite rich. Because you get uh, to a point where... Well, not rich. That means... In terms of that, like... <laughs> Balling. <laughs> Balling. It's like $100 in that game. I can buy all the medicine that I want. Way. Buy all the food. But it gets to a point where, like... One of the guards will give you extra money if you detain people. Yeah, yeah. So it's like for every two people you detain, they'll give you five credits. Mm. Does did you ever work out if the detain people also um, counts as processed. like people? Yeah, you processed. I believe so. Yeah, I think it's still good. assuming yeah. it's a correct. Well, at the very least, you get that kickback. Yeah, but if like if you detain two people, but they didn't count, you only get five credits when you should have got like ten. So it kind of works against you for detaining people. But I well, don't know if that's it, how it works. I don't think it does. 
Yeah. Just because, because before that, Garth comes to you and says that to you. Obviously, mm. you're going to get money for processing that person. Right. Yeah, whether you've declined them or accepted them, you get money for. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Either way, as long as that person's done. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, that probably makes sense for people that get attained as well. That you still get that money for technically processing. Does it just mean that after every, every after you process every person, does your heart skip a beat waiting for that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just I'm just like going, please don't, please don't, please don't. <laughs> and then suddenly it just pops up. Oh, no, I got it wrong. Yeah. I mean, I I like how it tells you what you got wrong because you always kick yeah. yourself. You're like, oh, I should have checked that. I should have known. <laughs> Yeah, it's, usually some, it's usually something really simple, isn't it? Yeah, like, oh. Like the, the photo was completely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's nothing like that. Well, probably like the, the city as well, from like the location they're from. Sometimes. Yeah, that is one that can often be overlooked, I think. The issuing city. That's what it is, isn't yeah. It? Yeah. But it's all about just being vigilant and certain. Yeah. I mean, it's quite a therapeutic game. Apart from all the stress of your family dying. But like the, the the gameplay itself, like checking all the documents off and doing your comparisons, is is quite nice. I think it's in, right, a, in it's a strange right. way. It's right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Did you like the the bit where you get to use a gun? I didn't get that far. I've, 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 I've not got that far so, with so it. So occasionally people jump over the wall and that kind of thing, and there's terrorist attacks. Yeah, I saw this on the paper. I was like, why you get a gun? Yeah, you, can, you, you get a key that opens a specific, a specific drawer that has a gun in it. Mm. You can have a tranquilizer gun or... Well, it's like a sniper rifle. <laughs> and then basically you just try and pop them. And you get extra cash for if you manage to take them out. Sweet. Do you get more for tranquilizing them? I don't know, to be quite honest. Okay. I, in my playthrough yesterday, I only did tranquilizer. Mm. And I got 20 bonus, 20 credits bonus for doing that. Oh, nice. Which is a fair whack of money in that game. Mm. It's worth doing. Definitely. I wish I got that far. So that looks kind of cool being able to like shoot people and making a run for it. <laughs> Something else as well. Because, um, like, obviously, throughout each day when you finish it, you get a total of like, here's your salary, here's, um, here's the rent that's come out of it, here's food and stuff like that. And it was pretty cool that, like, after every so days, you got like, you can upgrade your booth. With that yeah. money as well, so like you can get stuff like um, the stamp is the the stamps are on a on a short key, which is which yes. is nice. Like the tap button. Yeah, so I think there was that. The um, you get the discrepancy that comes up for pressing the space bar. Yeah, so that comes up as well. So it's a little quicker. Then there's there's one for the rule book as well. So they're on like um puts tabs on it. Puts tabs on it so you can flick through the pages quicker. That's useful. Um, the one thing I didn't know while I was watching this playthrough is you can you can upgrade the I suppose the living quarters that your family's in, so you can go from like a class I think it's seven, a seven or something like that. Starts at, starts at eight, but yeah. Starts at eight, sorry. Yeah. So you can upgrade to class, but I don't know what does what does that upgrade be able to do for your family? I don't know because I never did it. Because I don't see oh. it coming to me. It seems like wasting money to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you might have known it, because I think when I was watching the playthrough, they didn't quite know either. Mm. Oh, no, cheap. I know. It's not. That's the thing. So. I imagine it's probably that it costs less to heat, maybe. Something like that. But, Perhaps. again, oh, I'm not well, sure. 
the rent goes up five, but I think the food stayed the same. But they reckon they might be something to do like medicine, because obviously like sometimes your son gets sick quite. So it seems to be the son gets sick all the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he gets sick quite often. But they were saying maybe upgrading in class makes them not get sick as much. But I can confirm. Maybe there must be that. some reason for it, but it's just never did it. Yeah, I have to find. I didn't out. have my money to ever do it. Mm. <laughs> I was working on breadcrumbs. Funnily enough, I've just gone onto the game now, and um, it asked me to continue. And uh, this is the screen that I've got. My family's been sent <laughs> back to the village. <laughs> you, you've been arrested. <laughs> Please continue. I'll arrest them immediately. You were under arrest until your debts are repaid. Oh, you ran out of money. Yeah, Who's that's it. A repl- right, this is what I don't like. A replacement inspector will be found easily. It's like, mm-hmm. come on, I don't yeah. grow on trees. Well, apparently so. Well, I mean, you want to buy a lottery, so I'll just have yeah, another so, lottery. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Another lottery. Labor now until you pay your debts. I wish I could have declined the job. Like, after three days, I, I get sent to jail and my family go back to the village. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget, glory to Estoska. Oh, yeah, that too. As the resentment grows towards your motherland. Yeah. <laughs> have either of you seen the short film? I've not known. No, but I know about it, yeah. It's really good. There's not much else I can say about it. <laughs> but it takes like certain certain bits in the game. Mm. It just makes a live action version of it. But I would encourage you to watch it. It's really good. And there's also like a small making of it as well. Uh, does, does it have George put, in it? Put the, put the subtitles on it, personally. Does it have oh. George on it? Yeah. There's a reference to it. Oh. Wait, does it appear physically? Mm. Oh, it's uh, it's about ten minutes long. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. I do regret not playing it. I need to um, I need to give it a proper go at some point. So I never got to the same. point where they got things. So it depends what you did. That's where the, that's where the end is. You you could end it early if you do something catastrophic at all. Yeah, like me most of the well, time. Oh yeah, because <laughs> uh, yeah, I've seen I've seen like all the endings. A lot of it's like you've been arrested because you shot an innocent. <laughs> <laughs> Or there was one as well where you, you've attacked an innocent. I'm like, what's, how would you attack an innocent? How do you do that? It's one ending that really irritated me is that when one of the, like, the, the, the head honcho border bloke mm. who, who ends up at the end doing the audit. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. he comes up earlier on. I was like, oh, um, if, if you see anything from this EZIC group, that they use this symbol and they passes you a bit of paper. This is, if 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 you, anybody's been in contact with you about this, yeah, yeah, let us know. That. So I'm like being a good, you know, being a good border control agent. It's like, yeah, look, they gave me this. Have a look, and then he takes it off you and he just goes, interesting, very interesting. I think you should come with me now, <laughs> and then you just get arrested. <laughs> I'm like, no, I was trying to help you out. You're working with them. You took Wait, them. Did, did, did you do anything for them before? No, prior? I no. no, I didn't do anything. I, I didn't help them out in any form. I was just. I was, Did you say to me, accept any of their bribes? No. No. He asked me if <laughs> if if you see yeah. anything about this, show me. So I did, like a good border patrol patrol agent. And then what? Thanks to again. Forced that's, hard that's labor. That's interesting because the uh, <laughs> the playthrough that I watched had that similar moment where he came and was like, "I've seen this group. Tell me." And he and he drops him the two um, like the encrypted yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's like, oh, thank, oh, that's that's really interesting. Thank you. No, give me a paperback with his little drawing of the symbol. Like, oh well, yeah. sorry, I forgot to give you your paperback. 
and then he just walked off. He didn't tell me to come come with. Oh, because he, he, he declined as well. He declined both people that went that appeared at the thing because he got the guy in the hood comes for the third time and said like, "Oh, you declined these people. That makes our job harder now." But it's funny how like you can get like, I think, what was it like? I think after the first person appears. Uh, once that day's finished, you can get like about a thousand coins from the summit. I was like, whoa. That's wow, this cool. is, well, doesn't someone, don't you, someone give you, someone turns up at your door and just gives you a thousand credits, don't they? It's like, do you accept it or do you burn it? You get that no, that's it, yeah. That, that's what happens, I think. But, when you decline the first person and then he comes in saying you declined them, don't do it again. That's when I think he appears and is like, here's a thousand dollars. Do you want to burn it or not? And then when you do it the second time round, um, he offers two thousand dollars. Because I think if you if you don't burn it, you get reported for your immense wealth. The authorities. So oh, the audit, taken, isn't it? Yeah. Your money gets taken away from you anyway, so you can never keep that money. Oh. God. I'd have thought I'd have thought you'd be able it. to keep it, but you have to then help that group completely. Like anything they ask, you have to do. But. No. Sounds like you just get arrested and like, you have strange funds. Where's this money come from? <laughs> the neighbours don't like your riches. That's it. Keeping up with the Joneses, they don't like it. The communists keeping you down. <laughs> Distribute the wealth. We can yeah. all prosper. Don't hold it. <laughs> it's a really interesting game. Like From like the gameplay to the um, situations it puts you in. Definitely worth a play like i've only ever played it on the vita so i've only got that that perspective of playing it but i think it translates really well because you can like use the touch screen to like grab and position the files to where you want them to be and then you click on the um, stamp to stamp down that's always fun um so yeah denied (laughs) (laughs) i would love to see the game come on to uh to switch it'd be a perfect game for switch hmm with touch controls and that, that'll be wicked. Yeah, they could probably port it over fairly easily. So there we are. Papers, please, into the video game Hall of Fame. If you enjoyed listening to us, please consider tuning in next time. We release by week on Tuesdays. You can visit our website at jokingdolphin.com where we post blogs in the Hall of Fame. Also feel free to follow us on all social media platforms to continue the conversation. You can find Joking Dolphin on Facebook, as well as on Instagram and Twitter at Joking Dolphin. We're also on YouTube where we post this very podcast. Uh, until next time, thanks for listening. Glory to our Stoska. Glory to our Stoska. Bye. Boo. <laughs>
marshmallow and like raisins. Oh, you can have uh, raisins biscuits. in it. Oh, and biscuits. I would have raisins. Yeah. Raisins. <laughs> oh, what's wrong with raisins? I don't want that. Just there. Foul. Don't, don't, no, no, no. Don't do this. <sighs> I've, I've, no, I've no idea why, but my dad's brought me some screwdrivers. <laughs>